Hi and welcome, you're listening to the Conspiracy Analytica Podcast, and in this episode we have a very special guest. Ha! I've always wanted to do that. We have Dave, Dave from the X-22 Report. I was on his show last week, and this time, it's my turn. He's making an appearance here on this podcast for a casual conversation about how he got into creating X-22, how us digital soldiers are changing the media landscape, and we discuss how much is going on right now and the hope we have for our future. As always, you can support this podcast and the other work I do through Locals, Subscribestar, and by other means, it will be all linked in the description below this video. X-22's links will also be below to his website and his Rubble channel. And without further ado, let's bring on Dave from X-22. The man, the myth, the legend, Dave from X-22 Report. I am honored to have you on this podcast, my friend. Hey, Jordan, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everything that you do. You're oh, and I appreciate job breaking down everything and actually making people think about certain facts and things like that. And it, you do a great job at it. Thank you, sir. And your work speaks for itself. Um, and now we're going to turn the tables. You know, you're always interviewing people four, five, six times a month. So now you're going to get interviewed. <laughs> so I wanted to start off by asking you just about X-22 in general, you know, how did you come to start doing the work? What inspired you to do it? How did you create your channel? And because there's a lot of people out there who might not know the backstory of X-22, they might not know how long you've been doing this as well. So give us a little uh, behind the scenes. Sure. Um, I started uh, this whole thing on February of 2013. And I didn't know anything about YouTube. I didn't know anything about podcasting or anything like that. I knew how to create an MP3. I created a website for $9.99 hosting, and I created it out of WordPress. And I put it up there and I attached my MP3 to it. And I just started to talk about things that I saw happening in the world. And basically going back in time, I worked on uh, Wall Street. I worked for investment companies and things like that. So I kind of understood the economics of it and how the Fed worked and the Fed window and how the gold market worked because I work with traders. And I just started to talk about the economy and what was happening. And this was during the time of uh, Obama when right. we had the Great Recession and things were falling apart. And I just wanted to get it out there. Now, I didn't ex I'd never expected to go any further than maybe a year or so speaking about the economy. Then I got into politics because I started to see things happening in the political arena. And I saw what was happening out in the Middle East with Syria and things didn't make sense to me. And I really didn't think anyone was really going to listen to me. Uh, I didn't think I was going to have an audience. And I thought I was going to end it within like a year or so and just get everything off my chest and wrap that up and just go about my business. But uh, things started to move along and people started to listen. And then I found out about YouTube and then I started to put my videos on YouTube. And back then, I guess YouTube wasn't on to us back then. <laughs> and yeah. YouTube allowed us to grow a little bit and people found me and it grew a lot faster than my website. And what's very interesting is I didn't see the power of YouTube back then. I was using YouTube to direct people to my website. So I would put half of my report on YouTube and I would say, hey, if you want to listen to the other half, come to my website. And I didn't realize how powerful uh, YouTube was back at the time. But now as time went on, I started to understand. And YouTube was, the, the, my audience was building up very, very quickly compared to my website. 
So I kept on putting out more and more videos. I started to add pictures. I started to add more pictures. And uh, that's how it grew. And this was way before Trump, before Q, before everything. And I was just calling out the Obama administration and just telling people, look what's really happening out in the Middle East. Look what's really happening with the economy. Look how they manipulate the statistical numbers in the economy, the unemployment rate. I mean, they've changed the calculation multiple times already. The inflation rate, they've changed the calculation multiple times. And I was showing people how it fits into their entire agenda. And back then, I, it was called the Great Reset, and it's called the Great Reset today. But back then, it was a conspiracy. It was crazy talk. And, um, and I was telling everyone about it, letting everyone know that this is what they're trying to do. Now, you have to remember, this was 2013, 2014, 2015, and it just seemed absolutely crazy at that time to actually even talk about any of these things. And actually, during my uh, podcast and my videos on YouTube, back then, I was talking about an economic collapse because I, I didn't think about Trump or he was coming into the arena, I thought that if they kept going down this, this path, they're going to destroy the economy. And we're, we were going to see, let's see, uh, inflation. We were going to see high fuel prices. We were going to see food shortages. We were going to see all these things. So I was telling people back then to prepare and make sure that you have, and back then I made it, into a joke, like make sure you have toilet paper because you'll be able to barter toilet paper. You know, if someone needs to go to the bathroom or something and you have toilet paper, this is something that people need. Now, what's very interesting about that is that when we had the pandemic, we had a toilet paper shortage, which was absolutely crazy. And people would write into me saying, holy crap, I can't believe we have a toilet paper shortage. You called so, it, I mean, Dave? Yeah. Well, hey, that you know why? Because I got calls in and they told me what the future was going to look like, and I was able to tell everyone. The no, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, yeah, it, you weren't using it, Project Looking Glass or doing any remote yes. viewing or anything like that. Yeah, I, I have access to that, so I, yep. I'm able to see. Plug it right future. into your brain. Yep. No, and, and it was just funny because I only thought of toilet paper as, as for bartering, and you know, just like ammo, just like um, coffee, and cigarettes, water. yeah, all that yeah. type of stuff. And it just so happened that toilet paper was the thing they decided to get rid of to make everyone panic and things like that. But that's how I got started. And I kept on doing it and doing it. And then Q came on the scene. Trump came. Actually, when Trump came on the scene, I was a little hesitant. I because I wasn't too sure that this guy was on the up and up because I saw everything going in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. And I had my bug out bag packed. I was prepared and ready because I saw what Obama was doing. And if Hillary Clinton got in, I knew that, oh, yeah, we're this whole thing is going to completely implode on itself and it's going to be a complete and utter disaster. And when Trump came on the scene, I really I wasn't like, oh, my God, the savior is here. He, everything's OK now. I was very, very hesitant. I wasn't sure about him. I didn't know if he was just another player like all the rest who are going to come in, tell us one thing, do another. But when he started to talk and when he first came in. And he got rid of the um, Trans-Pacific Partnership right off the bat. He just completely got rid of it. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Why would he do that? That doesn't make any sense. And then he got rid of the Paris Climate Accord. He got rid of that. And I'm like, okay, why would he get rid of that? This can't be part of the deep state's agenda. 
because they want us to go into the Paris Climate Accord and they want the Trans-Pacific Partnership. They want all this and it doesn't make sense in what he's doing. And then I started to follow him a little bit more, look into him. And then all of a sudden Q popped up and I didn't know anything about Q. You knew it way before me. And then I saw one of your videos um, and I think you were on InfoWars actually. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, that talking was about- November 20, about 5th, 2017. Yeah. And you started to talk about Q and I was like, what is this Q thing? What is going on here? And in the beginning, I think it was like the rest of us, we were unsure of what Q was. Was this real? Was it fake? Was it a PSYOP? You know, what was it? And as time went on, you started to do research. You started to look into it. You started to see what was going on. And I think a lot of people started to realize, and I still believe that it is Q is real. Uh, I don't think it's just one guy sitting typing things out. I think it's a whole bunch of people doing these things, trying to help us uh, for what was coming. Because I now when I look back in time and I look at what Trump did in the White House during the four years, it feels like he was prepping everything. It It feels like he was preparing everything. He wasn't going to, in the four years, just get rid of the swamp and you know, have, you know, arrests all over the place. It seems like this was much, much bigger than I think all of us actually really thought. We knew the swamp was big. We knew it was deep and wide, but I I don't think we understood, at least I didn't. I don't think we understood how infiltrated the world really was. And I'm not even talking about this country. I'm talking about the world and how bad it really, really was. And you just couldn't go and uh, arrest a couple people. And because a lot of people ask me like, Hey, you know something, why didn't he just go arrest Hillary arrest this? And if you really think about the deep state and how they think, can you imagine if he arrested a, a couple of people, think about the false flags we've seen, think about all that stuff that they've been doing. You know, they don't care who lives, who dies. Right. And I, these I th- people would probably be expendable too. They just replace them with somebody else that do the same job. Yeah. And also, I think if, if Trump made a move like that or the military made a move or anyone made a move like that, I think they would have had a false flag. I think they might have blown up something. I mean, look at 9-11. Would have been worse I mean, than look, that. Yeah, it could have been worse than that. And that and they would have turned to Trump. And go, OK, your move. Go ahead. Because mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to use the people. We're going to make them suffer because they're doing it now. They're, I mean, look at Europe with the fuel prices, inflation, and they're actually making their own people suffer when they're dealing with Putin. Putin's not suffering. The people of the countries in Europe are suffering. Are we suffering here? Yes, a lot of people are suffering because inflation has hit, fuel prices are high, and like the resident, he can go ahead and turn the Keystone Pipeline back on. He can go ahead and renew the leases and remove the regulations. We don't have to be where we are today. Trump already showed us that. He already showed how the country could be energy independent. So I think if we went out and and we just arrested people, I think they would have destroyed things and made people pay the price for that. And I think Trump, I th- when I look at him and, and his actions, I see that he knew this and he didn't want death and destruction, bloodshed, especially on his hands by taking them down. So I, I think he needed to go in a different direction, a different approach, and actually kind of get them while they're they weren't looking and make it so that they can't use the ammunition they can't fight back the way they used to i mean look at the the what happened in new york city in in the subway shooting 
I find it very interesting that all of a sudden, I mean, the cameras, the three cameras were down just in the Brooklyn subway. We had this guy using smoke grenades, so you couldn't see him. But the report went out saying we're searching for a guy that's five, five and 170 pounds. And when you look at the actual person who did this, first of all, he's six feet, maybe six one, and he's no way 170 pounds. But if you look throughout the fake news, they kept the same description of this guy, five, five, 170 pounds in every single article. And I think they were trying to set this up somehow, some way, and it was interfered with or something happened. I don't know, but it just, they couldn't get it off the ground. So I don't know what happened there, but I think they were trying to bring this in a different direction because we know the day before the resident was talking about ghost guns, talking about gun control. And we knew that something was going to happen. This is how they always operate. So I, I think Trump, he went in a completely different direction and set everything up during his time in the White House. And I, I think he needed to do it this way because otherwise, if he didn't, I, I think it, this what we're witnessing today would be 100 times worse. And I, I think people need to understand that. I, I think people just want things to be over with. They just want to go back to their lives. But just like the Q post say, you know, you, you have to walk through the darkness that people must see it all. How do we fight against this if you don't know what the infiltration was? How do we fight against this if we don't know how they do it? How do we fight against this if we don't know if there's election fraud? How do we fight against this if we don't know that, oh, Twitter is and Facebook and YouTube, they're all propaganda outlets. How do we fight against this if we don't know? And we have to know because we need to understand it as a people. We can't just have a small little group understand it. I think the people need to see it firsthand so they can tell their children, their children's children, and so on and so forth. Just like going back to the Revolutionary War, they fought for freedom. They knew what it took to get the freedom. It wasn't given to them. They had to fight for it. Thank God we're not doing it with bullets and, and bombs and things like that. But I think the people in general, especially the normies who have been watching Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN, they need to understand all this. And I think this is why we've been going through a lot of this so people understand. And, and, and when I speak to people, I, I, sometimes I don't realize they don't know what's really going on, like the forensic audits or what's happening out in Wisconsin. Because when I bring it up and they watch maybe Fox News or whatever, they say, I have never heard of that. What are you talking about? I go, yeah, I mean, you, you, don't, you don't know what's going on in Wisconsin or Arizona or Pennsylvania? No, nothing. There's something going on there. They have no clue. So, I mean, you could see that the normies, they have to be shown quite a bit and they need to understand what's actually happening. And I think people are waking up. I think there's a lot of people starting to understand what's going on. And I think this is just going to build and build and build. And I think Elon Musk, him making this move is exposing a lot more than him just buying Twitter. Uh, I think it's showing how the board um, is not really for the shareholders, they're not in it for profits. They're not in it to, they're, they're not using um, Twitter as a, a real type of company. They're using it as a propaganda outlet. And I think people are starting to realize this and see this. And I think people are going to start to put pieces together. Yeah. You know, one of the Q posts they gave us in late 2020 before they stopped posting was that it's 
a marathon. It's not a sprint. And yeah. when we were decoding the Q posts in 2018, 2019, we were all thinking there's going to be something big right around the corner. And who knows, maybe the writers of the Q posts kind of put it in there to throw the deep state off balance. But we were all thinking that big things are coming in imminently. Although now again, hindsight's 2020 looking back, it most definitely due to the breadth and width and span of the swamp, how deep it really is. Yeah, it is a marathon. And it's going to take a few more years. You know, in fact, if and when Trump's, Trump gets in for a second term, I don't even think a second term is going to finish the job. It's going to take, you know, the next guy and the next guy. And it's just, it's, it's really a long game, which it might bum some people out hearing that. But on the other side of the spectrum, uh, it just means that we have a lot of time to prepare. We still have a lot of work to do and a lot to expose. And in fact, sometimes exposing all the all the crap out there is, uh, it's a good thing. It makes you happy to do. It's fun. It's, you know, it's, it's ugly seeing it, but at the same time, it makes you feel good and inspired to know that you're doing something about it. So I don't know. And in fact, hearing your story, it's, it's very much like my story in that I was not sold on Trump either. I, in 2016, I thought he was an Illuminati puppet because I just thought the whole game was rigged. I thought he was controlled opposition and they were going to get Hillary in and all this sort of stuff. But when I saw the election swing for Trump there in 2016, and then WikiLeaks emails were dropping just before that. And then the, the media got completely activated to go all in on the Russia collusion hoax. Then I started to think, huh, something might be up. Something might be up. And that's when I started my YouTube channel in 2000, like January, 2017, I started seeing a lot of human trafficking arrests too in early 2017. And that, that sold me a little more on Trump. And then the, those Q posts came out in October, 2017. And I think I saw them maybe day two or three. Uh, I, I was very familiar with the idea of a mass arrest of, of Patriots working behind the scenes or white hats working behind the scenes. I'd, I had heard of kind of this idea back in 2012, 2013 during my researchings. Uh, granted, I think what I was hearing back in 2012 and 2013 was coordinated disinformation, conspiracy propaganda, but uh, I was familiarized with the idea. So when I saw the Q post come out in October 2017, I, I something just felt right with them. So I latched on real quick and I gave it a good couple months to really sift through it and get sold on them. And I think it was about January 2018 where I'm like, okay, this isn't, this isn't some deep state psyop. I think Whoever is on Q team writing these posts really is military. They're really working with Trump. They're using this as a back channel to wake people up. And uh, yeah, everything exploded from there. How did, how did the Q posts affect your work and your videos? I, I find it funny that you said you were using YouTube to feed people into your website. And then, you know, things kind of changed for all of us. We were taking our website, trying to feed, feed people into our YouTube channels back then. Uh, how, how did things change for you around 2017, 18 with Trump coming on board then Q coming on board? I mean, I'm sure your work just exploded and your follower count did it. Um, not in the beginning. Uh, if I remember correctly, um, I was on YouTube back then I was getting maybe 10 to 25,000 views on the videos back then. Okay. Um, but when I started to talk a little bit more and go into depth, about certain things because when I started my channel back in 2013, I was talking about 
um, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Ukraine, the regime change that was going on there. And I, I remember this very, very clearly on how Hunter was put on the board of Burisma. And when Hugh started to talk about that and huh. confirming the things that I was talking about back then, Click I mean, I told people about uh, uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden back then um, in 2015 and family members and other people, they thought I was absolutely crazy. That, that is ridiculous regime. What, what are you talking about? This whole thing makes no sense. But now, fast forward to today, they're like, holy crap, I can't believe you actually were talking about that back then. And now we're starting to learn that now here. I go, well, actually, we've all been learning about this back uh, when Q came on and yeah, confirming yeah. everything. And that's what that's when I started to look at this thing. Okay, now it's confirmed and it's and also when there were posts about ISIS in Syria, who's controlling ISIS, Obama, that also confirmed because that's what I was talking about back then. Everything that I was talking about back then was being confirmed by Q. So to me, I felt like, okay, I was on the right track. Q's confirming it. And I want to hear more of what Q has to say moving forward. And it's very interesting with all these posts. I, I feel like all these posts were given to us to bring us into everything that was going to be done in the future to bring down the deep state. And I use it as like an encyclopedia, like there was a professor giving you information and saying, okay, go ahead and do some research. Now, I don't go deep, deep into decoding. I know people go a lot of crazy. Yeah, sometimes I think people and, go way overboard with that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, and also I... Um, uh, I started to listen to uh, Dave Hayes and um, he had very simplistic explanations about what was going on. And I found that very interesting. And I, I always find the simpler, the better. If you go, you know, deep, I never went into like the Q clock and all that other stuff that, I mean, yeah. I never even, I looked at it and I go, I, I can't believe it. They're going to make it this difficult for us to understand what's going on. Um, so I went with, the, I went down the simple route. And I use that as my guide. And I try not to go too deep into the, cause I know a lot of people like to go really, really deep and down into the rabbit hole. And I don't even things. classify those as decodes because I think they're just a lot of uh conclusion jumping in the red string graphics. I mean, we haven't had a Q, Q post in a year and a half. And yeah. I don't know why people are still trying to find Dan Scavino posts that he made yesterday or, or a Flynn post or a Trump statement or something and, and go decoding it. it like you said, it doesn't make sense. They wouldn't go to that extent to make us work that much for a simplistic idea. Yeah. And I, and I just use it as an encyclopedia. That's why I yeah, see it. Yeah. Like they gave or us like a compass. All yeah. They gave us all the information saying, these are the things you're going to see. I mean, this is the corruption. This is how they use the Red Cross. They use the book deals as money laundering. I mean, very, I mean, otherwise you would say, you know, how are they getting their money? You know, and I think, they needed this small group of people to understand a lot of this information because everyday people who are, you know, going to work, taking care of their family, to, you know, taking care of their children, they're not going to sit there and go through all of it. And I think they needed a small group to start explaining a lot of this. So more people started to understand it didn't have to go into, you know, every little detail, but I think they wanted people to understand 
what was really happening in this country. Understand that, yes, there's corruption, and this is the way they do it. This is how they make their money. This is what they've been doing this entire time. And I think the the movement has grown, but also the people have woken up to what's really happening. And what's very interesting is, I mean, we were told about Hunter Biden, the laptop and things like that. Think about how long it took for the actual truth to be revealed that the laptop is real. Now, before it was just a conspiracy theory. It's crazy talk. And now it's confirmed everything that Q told us about the Mueller report, about Russian collusion. It was Hillary Clinton. It was Obama. I mean, now look at today. I mean, everything that was said is coming true now. Actually, a lot of things that Trump says come true now, which I find very, very interesting. I mean, look at the start of the pandemic. Trump mentioned hydroxychloroquine. He said, hey, this 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 could help. And, you know, the, the fake news was out there bashing him. Lancet put out a fake report. They, they did everything they possibly can to shut that down. But today we've come to learn from multiple number of studies, cases that, yes, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. Actually, this could have shut down the whole entire pandemic. There would be no pandemic, actually. Um, well, we know the pandemic. Assuming there was one in the first place, right? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the PCR test, the creator of the PCR test, has always said, listen, you can't use this. To, it's not going to show you COVID. Yeah. It's not going to show that you have it. It's, And we know they brought it out to over 40 cycles just to pick up dead RNA. I mean, they, they created something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And I do believe, yes, there is a real virus, but is it deadly? Like they're saying, no, it's like the flu. If you're healthy, you're okay. Uh, that's why the survival, that, that's why in the beginning when everyone was running around and everyone's like, oh my God, it's the pandemic, stay in your house. Wouldn't the entire homeless population just be dead in the streets? Wouldn't, I mean, think about it for the deep state. Wouldn't they want the homeless population dead so they can put this on mainstream media or the the fake news? They're not even mainstream, but fake news and put them on flatbed trucks. And wouldn't they film all this to show that the pandemic was this deadly? How come that didn't happen? Right. They're doing a pretty pathetic job at their depopulation. If that's really their really goal, right? Well, I mean, that would show that, oh, look, we're really in a pandemic, but you, but we didn't see homeless people dying. They mm-hmm. weren't wearing masks on the street. They had compromised immune system. Uh, they, I mean, we didn't see any of this. We, we saw none of it. But I think if it was a real pandemic, you would have seen this and the fake news would have used this and they would have kept showing it over and over and over and over again to convince people. And this is when I started to look at this and actually all the Q posts that were coming in, nothing ever made sense. And the whole pandemic didn't make sense. So I think with Q and everything that um, is, has been put out in, in all the different drops and stuff, I think this was prepping us for everything that we're seeing today. And I think there's always been a plan, just like, listen, Trump builds these huge skyscrapers. He just doesn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm just going to start, you know, um, welding steel girders together and I'm going to put my building up. It takes years and years to plan it. So why wouldn't people think there was a plan going on right now? You think he just woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm going to get the deep state, but I have no plan. I have no method of getting them. Uh, I'm just going to try. I think when you have a really good plan, people don't even know it's a really good plan. It's almost like an athlete, an athlete that trains and trains and trains and trains. Maybe they're an ice skater. Maybe they're um, surf, they, they ride a, the surfboard or 
anything that you see, when they do it effortlessly, they've been training and planning their whole lives. It looks easy, but they've been doing this the entire time. I think Trump did the same thing, just like he builds his buildings, his resorts. They plan and they plan and they plan, and it goes up very, very quickly. If you notice, he can get things done very, very quickly. I think this whole thing that we're seeing right now was a very intricate plan designed from the beginning to bring down the system of the deep state and expose them to we the people. Because if you look at the post, it says this can never happen again. The only way this can never happen again is if the population knows what it is. I mean, if we all knew what it was, we wouldn't have infiltration. The deep state wouldn't be able to grow throughout the world. If we all knew what it was, we would have stopped it a long time ago. Yes, there are certain of us that said, okay, this doesn't make sense. There's something wrong here. But if we all knew, then we wouldn't, we wouldn't be seeing what we're seeing today. We wouldn't see the infiltration in Hollywood and sports and the fake news, big tech and everywhere else. We wouldn't see any of that because we would have put a stop to it. This is how you know the population has no clue and the population has to be shown everything because otherwise, how do you stop it? No one believes it. And that's, you know, I don't know if I answered your question there, but I just went yeah, off on a This is just a conversation we're both having yeah. and it's, I think it's a fantastic one. You know, you were mentioning plan. Speaking of plan, it's funny because that's one of the main arguments, I guess the Q detractors out there try to make is that Q is it's operation trust. It's like uh, it's meant to it's controlled opposition from the deep state meant to pacify us, pacify the truth, truth seekers. So they don't do anything. Trust the plan, trust the plan. And, you know, as somebody as both of us who were following and really reporting on Q from very early on, and we saw how the movement grew and what it became, I think it's the exact opposite. I think one of the reasons that well, I think that's sure you could technically call Q a psyop by definition, but that doesn't mean the bad guys are behind it. Mm-hmm. You could call it a white hat psyop if you want. I think the good guys did it. But one of the reasons could have been to inspire or catalyze a whole army of digital soldiers, like General Michael Flynn put it, or a bunch of different citizen reporters, citizen journalists out there to start reporting on things using social media and using websites and podcasts and things like that. How how many dozens and dozens of people were inspired to create channels, make videos, uh, research and report on what the mainstream media was not reporting on or the lies they were reporting on exposing those? I mean, my gosh, Q created so many independent people doing that that aren't compromised, like people in the mainstream media are compromised. And unfortunately, we were talking about this last week, a lot of people in the alternative media are compromised for whatever reason or putting out information without even realizing they've been compromised. Useful idiots is the off is the term used for that. Um, Q. And I think those behind Q also knew they had to find people out there who were really just doing it. Not for the money, not for the fame. They weren't any kind of like deep state alternative media shills. They were just doing it on their own accord, doing it out of their own passion and wanting to expose things. So then that's where, you know, X-22 grew like crazy and was was reporting on these things. And people like Red Pill 78, you mentioned uh, Dave Hayes earlier, Praying Medic. His his reporting on Q is fantastic. It's very logical. It's very simple. And 
you know, all of us are not only reporting on Q, but you were saying Q is like an encyclopedia, or I said a compass directing us like a spotlight to focus on certain things that otherwise would never have gotten focused on with a compromised mainstream and also much of alternative media being compromised. So yeah, just some thoughts there. No, I, I think the part of the, the entire plan was to wake the people up, have the digital soldiers, because how do you go up against big tech who's controlling the narrative through their algorithms, controlling the narrative through uh, bots? I mean, I don't think people realize how many bots. I mean, just look at Telegram. Telegram's like the Wild West. Oh, man. Bot, bots everywhere. And it's so hard to control. But the same thing with Twitter. Those are controlled bots that have a, a, a mission to control the narrative. They were put into place. And think about the fake news. So if you're going to create some type of plan, some type of uh, push to, to shut down and to make people wake up and, and make people think, how would you go about going against big tech with bots and algorithms and the fake news? You need everyday people to push the envelope and you need more and more and more and more of them to go up against these multi-million dollar companies. Because really, they're, they're being funded. Twitter, I mean, do you think Twitter is a huge moneymaker? No. YouTube uh, loses news, Google a lot of money. Yeah. But um, it's, I mean, it's more important to control the narrative and to brainwash yes. than the money is. I mean, fake news. I mean, their ratings have been dropping, dropping, dropping. They're still making millions and millions of dollars. How, is, how could this be possible? I mean, really think about it. So how would you go up against this? Well, you would have to wake the people up. And I do believe that's why the, there were Q posts. Wake the small minority up have them grow, have other people say, you know something, this is making a lot of sense now. Um, they're talking about things that I believe in and I believe is the truth. Let me do a little bit of research. That grows. And you build this entire army of digital soldiers to go up against fake news and big tech. Now, we use big tech. We use their platforms. And I don't think in the beginning they thought it was going to be this bad. I, I don't think they expected so many people to start spouting the truth and pointing to certain things. And I think they went, uh Oh, look what's going on here. This is way too many people. Now we're going to just, we're just going to have to drop them because we can't control them anymore with the bots. We can't, you know, it, it's, we're going to have to just use censorship because there's just too many. I mean, and they I had to, big tech had to scramble once, yeah. once we all started really getting a following about 2018, they had to scramble so fast to throw together these algorithms and these, these shadow banning algorithms and the bots and start, start censoring our content. And then, uh, and then 2020 came around and we all got purged on that black Thursday. Mm -hmm. What was it? October 15th, I think 2020, all of our YouTube channels gone the same day. And then Twitter and Facebook weren't long after that. So yeah, we really, I do agree the money. with you They even went after the money, PayPal, mm -hmm. Venmo. I mean, they just, they were trying to do everything they possibly could to stop everyone. And they thought, oh, you know what? If we take their ability to make money, they'll just shut up and go off on their merry way. <laughs> if, we, if we demonetize them, I think YouTube tried that first, at least with me, they did. They demonetized. Yeah, I got um, demonetized way, early way 2019. Yeah. I think it was and they thought, oh, they'll just they'll just leave and, and that will be that. And I, I think they underestimated um, we the people 
and how much we wanted the country back. And I do believe that this was all part of the plan to, to build the digital soldier up, to go up against the fake news. And if you notice, look at all the different things they had to do where they had to admit, especially with Project Veritas, because he just calls them out on it and they have to admit, you know, oh yeah, we lied. We, I mean, they don't like to admit it, but think about when the riots were happening. I mean, we had Nadler out there saying it's a myth and then social media blew up showing the riots, the burning down of buildings, them killing people. And they finally had to admit that, yeah, yeah, all right, it's not a myth. These things are really happening. I think as the digital soldiers keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, eventually they have to actually fess up and say, okay, yeah, this is true. I mean, yes, it helps with indictments coming out. It helps with them knowing that something's coming down the pike, especially with Hunter Biden's laptop. But I think what this does for everyone, it shows the truth tellers and it shows the liars and the propagandists. And it's very, very easy to see, especially with the Hunter Biden laptop, because his own Hunter's own father said it was Russian disinformation. I mean, really, this guy knowingly said, oh, yeah, this is not my son's laptop, even though he knew it was. He knowingly said it was Russian disinformation. Jen Psaki said it was Russian dis disinformation. And then you had all the intel operatives sign a letter saying, yeah, it's Russian. They all knowingly lied about it. Wasn't there 50 to, of them, 51? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To the American public. And now people, just with this coming out, people go, oh, wait a minute. This is real? So wait, these people over here were telling everyone it was real. And we had MSNBC, CNN, uh, CNBC, big tech, all telling us, and uh, of course the corrupt politicians telling us that it was not his. And now people just with that are seeing yeah. the truth. And now imagine with, when, imagine when Durham indictments really start uh, dropping. That's something that we've been sounding the alarm about with the help of Q and Trump for years now. That's really going to validate us. You, you know, it's you mentioned Durham. You know, it's very interesting when I I talk to uh, friends and family members. When we were told about Durham going way back, they didn't even, no one even heard of Durham. Who's mm -hmm. Durham? What is he doing? Yeah. I go, there's an investigation going on now. What? There is? Oh, I, I didn't, no one ever told me that. Even up to this point, until Durham unsealed certain indictments, a lot of people didn't even, never even heard of him. They didn't even know this was going on. I find it very interesting, though, that when Trump was in an office, when, when he was in office, we had Mueller investigating Trump. Now the resident is there. And if you notice, whatever they did to Trump, it feels like they're doing to the resident, actually Obama, who's in the basement. There's, there's a special counsel now investigating them. And if you look at one of the Q posts where they said, oh, um, POTUS is gonna destroy the economy. POTUS is gonna bring us to war. POTUS is gonna do this. If you really look at it, it's everything that Biden is doing right now. And it all turned on him. Everything that they tried to do to Trump has now been turned onto Biden. And everyone can see this really, really clearly that, hey, look, look at his mess up on the border. Look, look what's happening in Afghanistan. Look what happened in Ukraine. Look at the economy. He's destroying the economy. Look what he's doing here. Everyone sees this very, very clearly now. And I find it very interesting that there is a special counsel in the background, just like Trump had a special counsel investigating him. 
that was a fake one that was made up which were, that one was well, not in the background they had that plastered front page well, they everywhere. had to for propaganda purposes yep um this one was quiet because i think a lot of people think because we've been brainwashed to think investigations when there's an investigation going on yeah you get to see all the raids you get to see everything that's going on you get to see no grand juries they're private because if they don't turn up anything and the grand jury doesn't indict nobody knows about it the people can go back to their normal lives. And that's why Durham's investigation is a real investigation because you don't know what's going on. That's a real investigation. You, you know when you know? When the indictment is unsealed. And then you go, holy crap, look what Durham just found out. Look, look what he did. And he didn't just find out. He's been working on this for years, putting all the pieces together so people can understand it. Because, I mean, the story has to be told to the people because do they know that Hillary Clinton was involved with the dossier? Mm -hmm. the, the, do pe no, people, they think this is all conspiracy. But now as Durham is unsealing indictments, pointing the way, people are getting, I do believe, a story, a story of how all this happened. And he's unfolding it very, very slowly to show the normies, look what's been happening here behind the scenes. And I, I think people are going to start to really, and I think they've already started to realize what's going on. Even the, the D's on the other side who can't believe it, they're going to start to believe that, holy crap, look what was done here. Look how devious this was. Look, look how treasonous this was. And I think a lot more people are going to wake up. Yes, you're going to have the 4 10% or whatever who they'll have to be told years later going, let me sit you down here. Let me just explain the whole story to you because you still don't believe it. You're mm -hmm. still going to have those people because remember, it's almost like a cult. I mean, if you have a cult, I remember going back in time, you had a cult and you rescued someone and these people had to be deprogrammed. They still wouldn't believe it. They had to be de deprogrammed over a period of time. I think the same thing's going to happen to uh, a small select of people where they're going to have to be deprogrammed and, and understand that, yes, this... This whole thing was a treasonous act. They're criminals, and this is how they did it. And I think the rest of the people, I think they will wake up and they will understand what, what has really been going on. And I think we're heading in the right direction. Think about everything that's been unfolding right now. I mean, think about all... People didn't even think Durham was real. They thought he was doing absolutely nothing. But think about all the things ha that have happened since um, the resident came into office. I mean, it's it's all completely backfiring. Why do you think the poll numbers are so low? I mean, I think that speaks for itself right there. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Speaking of sure. when the resident was inaugurated, how has things changed in your mind and with your work, et cetera, since then? I remember a year and a half ago when Biden was getting inaugurated, a lot of us, we we were thinking something big was going to happen. We were yeah. thinking, no way Trump's going to let this happen. Like, what's, what's going on? Then Biden was inaugurated, and so many people were left kind of searching for answers. Some people even capitalized on that, and they were saying, oh, Trump's going to come back by March, by April, by May, by, you know, all kinds of people were saying that sort well, of think, stuff. But I think we all wanted him to come back. I think yeah, we all for wanted, sure. we wanted the deep state to go down. But now that we I were look, scared too, we were scared that maybe yeah. nothing was going to happen and everything's right. going to go to crap. Well, it's again, and I explain it this way. When I tell people, I go, when you're a little kid and your parents are driving you in the car and 
the little kid continually says, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, the little kid doesn't know the plan. The little kid doesn't know how many miles you have to travel. The little kid doesn't know how long it takes to travel those miles. Well, I, I don't mean that we're children, but we're the people in the back seat. That's a good analogy, though. Yeah, we yeah. have no and idea Trump, how long it's going to take to get this right. to this destination. And Trump, Trump, whoever he's working with, the military, he has this planned out. There, there's no way that he's just doing this willy-nilly. It's planned out. Yes, he knows what's coming up. And actually, he, get, he does give hints. He does say, oh, you know what? I think uh, something's going to happen in Afghanistan. I think something's going to happen in Taiwan. And he always says, we'll see what happens, you know. But I think something's going to happen. He kind of leads us into understanding that something's going to happen. But all of us, we're, we're in the backseat going, are they going to be arrests? Are they going to be arrests? Yeah. Are they going to be arrests? Are we there yet? We don't know the plan. And yes, in the beginning, we, we couldn't believe that Trump would allow the resident to cheat and actually overthrow the United States government, overthrow and put up in a puppet regime. I, I think when this happened, a lot of people went, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on here? There's nothing he can do to stop this, but I don't think we understood the, the bigger picture of all yeah, of this. And I don't think we understood maybe his his capabilities or what he couldn't do. Maybe there were certain things we really wanted and we had even false expectations ourselves, yeah. but uh, there were certain things he couldn't do. He sort of had to maybe give it up, let Biden come in. And now it's, I mean, shoot, all the all the left wingers out there, they made it cool to trash on the president, right? That's what they yeah. were doing for four years. So now it's our turn. They made it cool to rag on the president, the office of the president, which, you know, used to, you had to respect. You had to respect the office of the president, no matter who's in there, no matter if you agree with them or not, say 10, 20, 30 years ago. These days, it's it's cool now to to voice your opinion about it. So with Biden at the helm, it just makes it so much easier to expose a corrupt government than Trump in there. I, I agree with that. And also it makes it a lot easier for people to see the infiltration, to see the deep state, oh, for sure. to see all of this. And it, I think this is red pilling so many people right now. And I think as this gets worse and worse and worse as we as time goes on, I think a lot of people and I think Biden's poll numbers are just going to I mean, they're just going to bottom out. By that the sounds end better to me. That sounds better. Yeah. I mean, actually, if you look at and I define it very interesting because Andrew Jackson is a very interesting guy. And Trump had Andrew Jackson on his wall for quite a while. And we know he got rid of the federal, uh, not the Federal Reserve, the second uh, um, private Western Central Bank in this country. But Andrew Jackson, he also, um, during his first election, um, the person that he ran against um, won by cheating. And Andrew Jackson, in his second term, in his um, when he went for his uh, reelect, when he wanted to get elected again, he ran against the person who won. He actually went to the people and used the people against this individual. The the, the end of, I forgot his name. The individual used companies, monies, corporations. Andrew Jackson went to the people and showed the people the truth and had the people behind him. So I think that when you look at Trump and what he's doing, and this is why I think he's having rallies and rallies and rallies. It's not because he's running for president in 2024. We're not even close to 2024. There's no reason for him to have rallies right now. But I think as the truth continually comes out, he's having rallies talking about the truth, 
talking about what's going on and showing the people of this country, look, the people are coming with me. Actually showing the deep state, look, I have the people. The people are with me. It's growing and growing and growing and you cannot stop this. I think he needs the people behind him in the end for this entire plan to work. Because if you have the people, if you have the force, I mean, look what happened in Virginia. I mean, they had poll watchers watching everything, making sure they couldn't cheat, shut down the elections. They couldn't do any, they couldn't make a move without someone right there. I think coming up on this midterm election, I think the same thing is going to happen. And I think this is the whole purpose. And I think each time something happens, it's another piece to the puzzle. Can you imagine when we are in control of Congress and Pelosi's no longer in control and the, and I'm not even talking about all Republicans because there's corruption in Republican party too, as we all know, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the Patriots that are in there. What can be accomplished? What investigations can be um, pushed out there to find the truth of what really happened? I think in the end, this is part of Trump's plan to gain control of their system that they put into place. And I do believe that that that's why all this is happening. It's to wake people up. It's to shut down big tech, take the bullhorn away from them, give it back to we the people so we have the voice and go up against the fake news. And I think that's what we're in the process of doing right now, especially with True Social, with Elon Musk making a move. I think the process has begun because to get the information out like Durham or Weiss with indictments, if you have big tech in place, if you still have fake news in place, it's going to be a long, long drawn out battle. But if you can get the bullhorn and you can get that bullhorn back to we the people, the truth can really be pushed out there and people can see it. And the fake news is, I think once you control um, big tech and things like that, and I'm saying every single platform, but majority of it, you can really go up against fake news and challenge them on everything. I'm not saying that, oh, people are just going to believe it. I'm saying you will challenge them just like the digital soldiers now call them out and challenge them on every single thing. And eventually they, they don't just come out and admit it, but the truth actually comes out and we're proven right. I think when this challenge comes up with Durham unsealing the indictments, Weiss unsealing indictments with Hunter Biden's laptop, the challenge for the fake news is going to be there. Now they can either lie like they've been doing or start telling the truth. I think they're going to continue to lie because they're controlled. And I think their ratings are going to drop and drop and drop. But at that point, I think the digital soldiers, the control of the tech platforms, I think it will be enough to really push out the truth and get people to see what's coming. So I think we're headed in a really great direction right now. I totally agree. And it sounds like the next few years are going to be just as exciting, if not more so than the last few. And I hope this conversation that we had inspires people, gets them excited too, because I see some depressed states of mind out there and I really don't, I really don't resonate with that. You know, I understand when you see things superficially, it looks scary, but there's so much going on that, I mean, it's, it's difficult. Like with you or I, you're doing two, three videos a day sometimes, and I'm doing 
hour and a half live streams covering this. You can't, you can't, one person cannot encompass everything that's going on there so much. So it's going to be an exciting few years ahead. I, I, I think so too. And I think more, uh, I think we need more digital soldiers. I think we need a lot more people doing this. And I, I know there's people that have big channels, people have small channels, big accounts. That makes no difference. Uh, I think the more we have, the harder it is for the fake news, for the big tech platforms, for the shills and everything else. It just makes it harder and harder and harder for them. And that's what we're here for. It's to actually have an information war. I, I'd rather have an information war than a shooting war. Yes, you absolutely. don't want to have blood and guts and, and destruction and, and, and all that. But an information war, if you can lob the truth and facts at people and keep doing it, that propaganda, that just fizzles and dies away. They can't keep it up. It's impossible. No matter what they do. And they will try. But, you know, remember, pro propaganda, it's only shiny in the beginning. It sounds good in the beginning. But as facts hit it over and over and over, it's it's almost like having a, a, like a, like a brick and you're shooting at it and you're just, you know, shooting at the brick and pieces are flying off. Well, that's what happens when we start to put the facts out there. It hits their little brick there and pieces start flying off and it turns out to be a little nubbin at the end and they can't do anything with it. And I think that's what all these digital soldiers are doing right now. They're just continually shooting and shooting and shooting information and facts out and they can't keep up with it. And I think that's why we are going to see them try to shut down communications in the end because look, they went all out on censorship. They didn't say, okay, I'm just going to put labels out. They just down channels. I mean, thousands of them. Um, and they kept doing it. They're still doing it to today because they can't control it. And they know the only way to stop it is to shut them up. But did they really shut up anyone? No, people went to different platforms. Actually, I think they made us stronger than ever because now we've learned how to move from platform to platform. They showed us how to survive through trial and error. And now when they bring someone down, it's very easy for them. They already have backup counts, backup of backup counts waiting to go live. So there's no way they can stop this. It's impossible. I mean, yeah, they can bring down the entire internet, but that's a whole nother story. I do believe there's another uh, method of getting the internet. And I think Elon Musk has most likely set that up with Starlink. But I, I think um, everything that I'm seeing, I, I see that the Patriots are, are prepared and ready for all of this. And I think the digital soldiers are, are doing a fantastic job fighting against the fake news, fighting against big tech. And when you really look at it, they would have never admit any of these things in the past or even talk about certain things. And now they're being forced to do so, especially with Project Veritas. They, they force Project Veritas, Project Veritas forces the fake news to talk about things that they never wanted to talk about. And I'm not saying the digital soldiers aren't doing that, but everyone together is making it very, very difficult for them to keep their lies up. And I think we need more and more of it. And as we have more and more of it, I think it's going to destroy them in the end. Absolutely. Well, sir, I thank you for your service. Keep pumping out awesome content. Thank you for this conversation too. I'm sure it, it really doesn't matter. I'm sure everybody listening to this now already knows where to find you, but just in case somebody doesn't, where can they find your videos? Where can they find the bulk of your work? 
Um, if you come to the x22report.com site, um, that's where I keep everything. I have all my official channels listed there, but you can find me on Rumble, on BitChute, on CloudHub, Telegram, Gab, and True Social. Um, I am on Parler, but I don't know if anyone uses Parler anymore. Yeah, right. Um, so um, you can find all that information if you just come to the x22report.com site. Um, I have tabs there, and you can find all the official channels with the link. So it's very easy to get right to them. Is that still your $9 site? Same site? Uh, no, no, it has grown and it's not $9.99 anymore. Yeah, you had, to, you had to get some fancy servers I, and, and yeah. security well, for you it. Know, what, happened, what happened was I was with um, HostGator um, and many other different hosting platforms and they shut me down each time <laughs> mm, and yeah. uh, for no reason whatsoever. And I had to keep moving and moving and moving and I become... I became very, very good at moving my database and moving my files from one host to another because they kept shutting me down. But now I think I have a, a pretty darn good host so far. So good. Um, but it's a lot more expensive than $9.99. <laughs> well, all right. Hey, Dave, thank you for this. Let's do it again soon. And I'll make sure I post uh, the links to whatever you want in the description below for people to find you. Fantastic. Thanks, thanks so much for everything that you do. And thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Take care, Dave.